Welcome to ReachMD. This medical industry feature titled Expert Interview, a psychiatrist's perspective on a treatment option for ADHD, was recorded live at the nation's largest nurse practitioner conference. This program is sponsored by Shire and is intended for physicians. Here is your host, Dr. Matt Bernholtz. This is ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. Joining me in just a moment is psychiatrist Dr. Joel Young, and we're here to get his perspective on the management of adult patients with ADHD and discuss Mydeus, which is a mixed salts of a single entity amphetamine product, as a treatment option for this disorder. Today's program is sponsored by Shire, and Dr. Young is a paid consultant for Shire. But before we get started, I'm going to cover some important safety information about Mydeus for our audience. So Mydeus is indicated for the treatment of ADHD in patients who are 13 years and older. Patients 12 years and younger experienced higher plasma exposure at the same dose and higher rates of adverse reactions, mainly insomnia and decreased appetite. It's important to note Mydeus carries a boxed warning for abuse and dependence. CNS stimulants, including Mydeus, other amphetamine-containing products, and methylphenidate have a high potential for abuse and dependence. Assess the risk of abuse prior to prescribing and monitor for signs of abuse and dependence while on therapy. Mydeus has the following contraindications. Known hypersensitivity to amphetamines or other ingredients of Mydeus. Angioedema and anaphylactic reactions have been reported with other amphetamines. Also the use with monoamine oxidase inhibitors or MAOIs or within 14 days of stopping MAOIs because of an increased risk of hypertensive crisis. Now, with all that said, I'd like to turn our attention back to my expert guest, Dr. Young. Dr. Young, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Matt. Thank you for inviting me. Great to have you here. So let's give our audience a chance to learn a little bit more about you as an expert in this field. Can you share a few background details about yourself and your practice? Sure. Well, I'm the founder and the medical director of the Rochester Center for Behavioral Medicine, which is outside of Detroit. It's a multidisciplinary mental health clinic, and I'm also clinic associate professor of psychiatry at the Wayne State University School of Medicine. Great. Thank you for that background. So to start, why don't we consider your behavioral medicine practice from the vantage point of the multidisciplinary teams that you work alongside every day, uh, which we know is an important factor in quality care for adult patients with ADHD. First off, can you describe the team dynamic in your clinical practice? Sure. Well, I I started uh, alone many years ago, and then I really got to uh, know some nurse practitioners who encouraged a multidisciplinary clinic, and, and we've grown to nearly 50 people. Really, at the core are psychiatrists and psychiatric nurse practitioners and some physician assistants, and we also have a group of psychotherapists, non-medical mental health professionals. We all work together from morning to night taking care of people with mental health issues. Right. And what would you say are the primary responsibilities um, of, of these team members of yours uh, of multi-practice levels? Well, in many ways, we're aligned. Uh, patients are triaged. Uh, we try and get the appropriate fit for the appropriate clinician. Some clinicians maybe are interested in geriatric patients, some in younger patients. Um, but we try and have a standard process no matter where the intake begins, and we'll do a good formal assessment. Um, and sometimes we'll pursue further evaluation like psychological testing, and then we collaborate together informally in the hallways or formally over meetings to develop a, a, a cogent management plan. Interesting. And what about the NPs? Just as a random uh, choice here, what about the NPs in your practice? 
what are their main responsibilities? Well, first of all, I'm very honored to be here um, as uh, the father of two nurses, one of whom just graduated from the University of Michigan, Go Blue, Congrats. and uh, passed the NCLEX. My other daughter, uh, now a um, student at Penn, getting her degree as a nurse practitioner. I'm just delighted to be here. Um, again, my nurse practitioners, my colleagues with whom I work, they work very independently. We work in parallel manners. Um, sometimes they will refer to me or ask me uh, questions if uh, they want to bounce something off me. And as frequently, I'll, I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll reciprocate. So we really work in a collegial manner. Excellent. So let's focus on your adult patients who are currently diagnosed with ADHD and receiving therapy. Yeah. What recurring themes do you notice when they describe their ADHD symptoms? And for instance... You know, how are your adult patients describing their day across multiple settings? Well, to listen to ADHD patients, you have to listen carefully, and you hear these recurrent themes, these core symptoms of inattention, distractibility, problems sustaining attention. People say they start things and they don't finish things. They're very frustrated. Sometimes they feel impatient. Sometimes they feel fidgety. But again, listening... uh, to these patients, you learn that these symptoms really, um, they wrestle with throughout the day, uh, upon awakening, early mornings throughout the day, when they come home at the end of the day. So it is a persistent condition throughout the course of the day. Okay. Well, with that in mind and on that subject, it seems like a good opportunity for us now to dig into this treatment option of Mideus and how that enters the clinical conversation. So how do you describe Mideus to your adult patients? Well, Mideus, I think, has um, been very helpful. And I do explain to them my, that Mideus is a triple bead extended release medication. It's been demonstrated uh, to have efficacy up to 16 hours with uh, two to four hours of onset. And as a clinician, I find this particularly helpful as I'm focused on helping patients throughout the course of their day. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we explore Mideus from a mechanistic standpoint sure. then. Um, what is the mechanism of delivery of Mideus, and how does that reflect in the pharmacokinetics? Yeah. Well, the mechanism delivery of Mideus, it's a three-bead approach. Uh, the Mideus, it's a capsule, and it contains three different types of drug-releasing beads, which transit through the GI uh, system. And at various points of the GI tract, from the stomach through the small intestine, we see pH modifications. Mm -hmm. And we exploit that with each bead releasing at um, a different pH, and it's a mixed amphetamine salt. Mm -hmm. So early on, when the GI tract is more acidic, you have uh, the release of the immediate release uh, bead. And then as it moves on, the second bead releases at a pH about 5.5. And what's different about this is there's a third release, uh, a third bead that releases, and this is released at pH about 7.0, which is in the more distal uh, intestine. I see. And what does that mean then specifically for the pharmacokinetic curve that we alluded to earlier? Right. Well, it's a three-bead delivery system, as I mentioned, throughout the GI tract. Um, it's pH-dependent, um, which makes it a predictable release. And this allows a smooth um, pharmacokinetic um, 
response to the medication. So a study was done looking at my day, I was taken once a day, and comparing it to a mixed amphetamine salt extended release, say 25 milligrams um, in the morning, followed later in the day, about eight hours later, by an immediate release at 12.5 milligrams. And we found that um, by using uh, a single dose of 37.5 milligrams on my day in the morning, it approximated uh, the, the PK curve of the 25 XR in the morning and 12.5 later in the day. Now, it's important to know that um, the pharmacokinetics of my day is to not necessarily represent the clinical efficacy. We have to draw those efficacy conclusions from our uh, other data. I see. So understood on that. So that gives us a clearer picture of the mechanistic characteristics of my day. Yeah. But for our audience, it is important while reviewing these characteristics to also consider some of the warnings and precautions for my dais. Avoid using my dais in patients with known structural cardiac abnormalities, cardiomyopathy, serious heart arrhythmia, coronary artery disease, and other serious heart problems. Sudden death, stroke, and myocardial infarction have been reported in adults at recommended doses of CNS stimulants, as well as sudden death in pediatric patients with structural cardiac abnormalities and other serious heart problems while taking CNS stimulants at recommended doses. Patients should be further evaluated if they develop exertional chest pain, unexplained syncope, or arrhythmias during treatment with mydeus. Additionally, CNS stimulants cause increased blood pressure, which is a mean increase of about 2 to 4 millimeters of mercury, and heart rate, which is a mean increase of about 3 to 6 beats per minute, monitor for tachycardia and hypertension. So, Dr. Young, I want to come back to the comment that you made about Mydeus being the first and only mixed amphetamine salt product with this 3B delivery system. You talked about it a little. Maybe you can elaborate on that for us. Yeah, it's really been, for somebody that's been taking care of ADHD patients for now a long time, uh, you know, when I started, I was writing for meds that were short-acting. I was, uh, patients were on sometimes uh, three times a day regimens. And then there was a development when the XR uh, tablet became available, and that lasted, um, you know, it was a two-beat system that lasted about 10 hours. But I would often prescribe combination therapy, so frequently I would prescribe an XR in the morning and then an immediate release later on in the afternoon. When my dais was released in, I think, mid-2017, it helped the situation because... As I mentioned, we have evidence that it is uh, helpful up to 16 hours post-dose with an onset of 2 to 4 hours. And you can get this effect with one prescription. You ask your patient to take it once a day in the morning. And for the audience, relating to what Dr. Young just said, it is important to note that definitive clinical trials comparing mixed amphetamine salts, or MAS, immediate release, MAS extended release, and MIDAS have not been performed. Duration of effect is not described in product labeling for MAS immediate release or MAS extended release. Estimates for MAS immediate release and MAS extended release are from research by Jane and Caddick published in 2016, although no estimates of onset were included. And as a reminder, MyDAS does have additional warnings and precautions that we should keep in mind. MyDAS may exacerbate symptoms of behavioral disturbance and thought disorder in patients with a pre-existing psychotic disorder. It may also induce a mixed manic episode in patients with bipolar disorder. Prior to starting treatment, screen for risk factors for developing a manic episode, such as comorbid or history of depressive symptoms, or a family history of suicide, 
bipolar disorder, and depression. At recommended doses, Midas may cause psychotic or manic symptoms, such as hallucinations, delusional thinking, or mania in patients with no prior history of psychotic illness or mania. Midas should be discontinued if symptoms occur. Another point is that CNS stimulants are associated with weight loss and slowing of growth rate in pediatric patients, so it is important to monitor weight and height. Treatment may need to be interrupted in patients not growing or gaining weight as expected. As a reminder, Midas is not approved in pediatric patients 12 years and younger. Also, CNS stimulants are associated with peripheral vasculopathy, including Raynaud's phenomenon. Signs and symptoms are usually intermittent and mild, and very rare sequelae may include digital ulceration and or soft tissue breakdown. Carefully observe for digital changes during treatment with ADHD stimulants, and further evaluation and referral may be needed. So Dr. Young, why don't we talk then about the clinical studies that assess the duration of the effect of Mideus using the PERM-P efficacy assessment measure. What is the improvement of PERM-P total score from Mideus versus placebo mean to you and to your patients? Well, PERM-P has become a, a really important metric in assessing uh, the symptoms of ADHD throughout the day. Um, it is, uh, before this medicine was released, we did two multi-center randomized double-blind placebo-controlled crossover studies, one with my day as 50 milligrams, the other with my day as 25 milligrams per day. Just to define the PERM-P, it's a skill-adjusted math test that measures attention in ADHD. You see this in ADHD studies. It's the total score is the sum of the math problems attempted uh, plus the number of math problems answered correctly. And it's time-limited for uh, a 10-minute period. And higher scores in the PERM-P do indicate better attention. Mm -hmm. So we look at this data very carefully and we showed improvements because we're able to do the PERM-P throughout the course of the day when we are um, with these uh, clinical patients. And we saw attention increase up to 16 hours post-dose with an onset of two to four hours post-dose. And the clinical translation is pretty nice. It's a nice story to tell because as is the objective in treating adults with ADHD is treating them throughout the day. And, and this clinical trial uh, showed that we could have efficacy up to 16 hours post-dose. And for our audience, just to expand on what Dr. Young spoke to, the duration of effect of Mideus was determined using the PERM-P in two Phase two randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled crossover studies that enrolled adults 18 to 55 years of age with ADHD per DSM-IV-TR criteria. PERM-P is a skill-adjusted math test that measures attention in ADHD. PERM-P total score is the sum of the number of math problems attempted plus the number of math problems answered correctly. Efficacy assessments were conducted at 2, 4, 8, 12, 14, and 16 hours post-dose using the PERM-P. Significant improvements in attention versus placebo based on LS mean PERM-P total scores, were shown up to 16 hours post-dose, measured from two or four hours. Patients treated with Mideus 50 milligrams had statistically significant higher scores starting at two hours and up to 16 hours post-dose. The post-dose average score overall testing sessions was 285 for Mideus and 262 for placebo, with a P of less than .0001. 
patients on my dais 25 milligrams had statistically significant higher scores starting at 4 hours and up to 16 hours post-dose. The post-dose average score over all testing sessions was 268 for my dais and 249 for placebo, with a P of less than 0.0001. But as we've been talking about, safety considerations do need to guide our treatment decisions as well, and there are additional warnings and precautions for my dais that are important to remember. My dais may lower the convulsive threshold in patients with a prior history of seizure, prior EEG abnormalities in the absence of seizures, and in patients without a history of seizures and no prior EEG evidence of seizures. Discontinue my dais if a seizure occurs. There is an increased risk of serotonin syndrome when my dais is co-administered with serotonergic agents such as SSRIs, SNRIs, and tryptans, but also during overdosage situations. Discontinue my dais if it occurs and initiate supportive treatment. Also, to avoid substitution errors and overdosage, my dais should not be substituted for other amphetamines on a milligram per milligram basis because of different amphetamine-based compositions and differing pharmacokinetic profiles. So Dr. Young, since we're on this topic of safety information, I'm curious as to what types of questions you often get from your patients regarding side effects of a medication such as my dais. Well, um, as I mentioned, people do ask about the weight loss, but when they hear about this duration, when I explain to them the PERM-P data that we have, um, the reflexive question is, is this going to affect my sleep? And uh, they worry about it. So we do encourage them. I do encourage them to take it first thing in the morning. Um, and But even so, um, because of long duration, uh, we did note that in the clinical trials, 31% of patients taking MyDAS reported insomnia. And we compared this to only about 8% of people on placebo who had uh, insomnia. But in the clinical trial, 2% of people had it discontinued because of their insomnia. Mm -hmm. Other um, adverse events that we want our clinicians who prescribe Medeas to know about is uh, the increase in blood pressure and heart rate. And in, in some of the clinical trials uh, with adult patients, 9% of those treated with Medeas reported an increase in heart rate. And in addition to the adverse reactions Dr. Young just noted, the most common adverse reactions for Medeas where an incidence of 5% or more and at a rate of twice placebo were reported are in adolescents, ages 13 to 17, insomnia, decreased appetite, decreased weight, irritability, and nausea, and in adults, insomnia, decreased appetite, decreased weight, dry mouth, increased heart rate, and anxiety. My dais has the following important safety information regarding pregnancy and lactation. My dais may cause fetal harm, and breastfeeding is not recommended during my day's treatment. Just to come back to our audience, you know, as you've been taking us through this information, we should remind everyone to, to of course, please see the additional in, uh, safety information throughout this program, refer to the full prescribing information, including the boxed warning regarding potential for abuse and dependence, which I understand has been provided for everyone at this program. So, Dr. Young, given what we've covered in terms of mechanism of delivery, efficacy, adverse reactions, and so on. What place would you say MyDeus has in your clinical practice uh, when selecting a treatment option for the appropriate adult patients? Yeah, so MyDeus has played an increasingly important role in my practice. Um, this triple bead release that's predictable, pH-dependent, um, where we have efficacy in clinical trials uh, that it can work up to 16 hours. 
with the onset of two to four hours post-dose. And this helps address my concern, which is to identify my ADHD patients and to understand uh, that they struggle throughout the day and really to address it with a medicine that can uh, really uh, help them throughout the course of the day. Each part of the ADHD struggle might look different, but um, it's, help, it's really helpful to help them understand that and, and to have a good treatment for it. Well, I think with that, I want to be able to come back to our original focus, to come full circle on this multidisciplinary care team. And that was the focus of our, our talk earlier. What key information regarding my dais do you prioritize for communicating to your peers across that team? I, I think when we meet, we meet regularly and we update each other about our experiences and about uh, medications. We, just, we talk about this prolonged delivery of mixed amphetamine salts. With my dais, um, we have the pharmacokinetic story, which doesn't necessarily represent clinical efficacy, but we have this 16-hour uh, uh, duration with a two- to four-hour onset. Um, and we have evidence with the PERM-P that it is an efficacy measure and, and um, makes sense for patients who struggle throughout the course of their day with their ADHD symptoms. Okay. Well, Dr. Young, uh, this has been great. I've enjoyed talking with you today. Uh, as we talk through uh, my dais and uh, some of these clinical considerations at this national NP conference, but I want to leave the, the, the floor to you to provide us any takeaways uh, that you can impart to our nurse practitioners and the audience in particular. Well, I've, my career has been spent working uh, shoulder uh, by shoulder with uh, NPs and, um, and really taking care of a lot of folks with ADHD. What, what nurses do um, beyond all uh, others is um, at the core mission of nursing and of NPs is to educate their patients, and they do it really well. And understanding uh, these ADHD patients and their struggle throughout the day is important to, to learn from them and, and, and to teach them in turn. And um, so um, what I say to all clinicians and, and my uh, colleagues as NPs is to reach out to these patients, meet them, um, and, um, and connect with them. And, uh, and uh, these relationships with ADHD patients are um, Unlike surgical interventions, these are sustained relationships. They're very meaningful relationships with our patients, um, and we can really watch them grow up with us. And there's a practice what you preach mentality here with the positive multi-generational story of NPs in your own family. So congratulations Absolutely. to you again on that. Thank you so uh, much. I want to thank Dr. Young for joining me today in discussing the management of adult patients with ADHD and the treatment option of my day. As Dr. Young, so great to have you on the program today. Dr. Bernhardt, thank you. For additional information, please see full prescribing information, including box warning, regarding the potential for abuse and dependence, which can be accessed on the landing page or by calling 1-800-828-2088 or by sending an email to medinfous at shire.com. The preceding program was sponsored by Shire. Thanks for joining us. This is ReachMD.